0: Joining me at Maple Street Studios is Outline Productions Managing Director Laura Mansfield and Broadcast Editor Chris Curtis. Welcome, guys. Morning. 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 You okay?
1: Yeah, we had our uh, Broadcast Awards shortlist party oh, it's last It's funny, night. it says that in my script, I don't, I don't I'm pre, I'm Scripted pre, small talk. I'm, pre, <laughs> I'm, pre, <laughs> I'm preempting you, Jake, my apologies.
0: <laughs> and yeah, well, it's a stellar shortlist, isn't it? Yeah, it's um,
1: lots of competition as ever. Lots of happy people this morning and probably some slightly disappointed ones as well. But uh, yeah, February the 4th is the, uh, the awards at the Grosvenor House. So we've sort of... Um, Made the first step towards that by, by publishing uh, Who's in the Frame for those awards. And Channel 4 leading the way with 25 nominations? Lots of lots of programming nominations for C4. Yeah, that's right. They had a very good uh, Grierson. Um, and they've been doing pretty well generally on the awards front uh, recently. So uh, that continues. Fantastic. How are you, Laura?
2: I'm very perky this morning. We had our own award win yesterday with winning the Garden Guild Awards for our Great British Garden Revival for BBC Two. So we're now officially well, the best gardening programme on television. <laughs> take, take that, Titch Mark. Take
0: that. <laughs> uh, And you're also on the campaign trail, aren't you?
2: I am, yeah. Tell I've, us about that. I've put my hat in the ring to be packed chair for the next two-year term. Um, it's going to be a really, really important couple of years ahead. There's charter renewal, there's um Indy's under greater threat than ever for um, calls from the terms of trade to be changed. So it's a really, really important time. And as I've sat on PAC Council for the last couple of years, I've discovered how passionately I feel about the indie sector. Yeah. I've been running my indie for fifteen years now and feel like I've seen a fair amount in that time and, you know, really want to, you know, put my hat in the ring to to help champion the sector.
0: And you're up against Sarah Geeta and, uh, and Kat Lewis.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, fantastic uh, producers, fantastic women, both of them. Um, it's exciting to see an all-women shortlist. Um, and, you know, while I think that I bring a different kind of experience as a creative, as someone who's founded and run a company and really experienced firsthand those challenges for 15 years, you know, I would never put either of them down. I think they're both extraordinarily talented. And if either one of them was to be Pat chair that would be a great thing too.
1: I was speaking to John and He was telling me this is the first time that there's been a sort of um, a competitive race to be PAC chair, certainly, you know, for his time at the organisation, which is 14 years. Um, and that shows how important, as Laura said, the next few years are. And the fact that there's three really strong candidates all keen to take that role on um, speaks well for PAC as an organisation and for the uh, indie sector.
0: Okay, uh, let's move on to our first news item of the week, uh, which is BBC One's hunt for a Saturday night entertainment hit. Uh, following the failure of Tumble, it has circulated a major commissioning brief, calling on key suppliers to pitch at the next Strictly Come Dancing heart, humour and honesty must be at the core of the successful idea as BBC One controller Charlotte Moore looks to make her mark in a genre where she has not had the best of luck to date uh, Chris, this is a pretty big opportunity a big prize isn't it? If, they're uh,
1: dangling a prize aren't yeah. they, that's the interesting thing um, as well as the normal um, slightly airy fairy language that I struggle to, <laughs> to necessarily understand what's interesting about this document is it sets out the pathway, it gives you the timelines for when they want the submissions in by, when they'll whittle that down and ultimately i think it's the week commencing 12th of january they are either going to take one of these um projects straight to series or at least pilot it so that there's a there's a nice prize at the end of it so hopefully that will set the indie sector's creative juices flowing
0: and you know it's it's so difficult isn't it It, you know we i've been at broadcast for four and a half years it feels like the industry has been constantly talking about finding an entertainment hit in that time what laura why do you think it is so tough in that genre
2: Well, I think entertainment is the hardest thing. I mean, what you're talking about doing is creating something that's going to appeal to a massively broad mainstream audience, compete against the incumbents, which are fantastically polished now and both really into their stride. So you've got Strictly on BBC One, you've got X Factor on ITV. So coming into that, it's incredibly competitive. And I think if you rewind back to when Strictly started... That was a big risk. It was really surprising and people thought, uh, what? You know, and it had been years since Come Dancing had been on air and it was hugely unfashionable. So I think the challenge, really, and what's exciting creatively for producers is to say come on, let's really throw everything up in the air. Can we come up with something that feels new, feels fresh, feels exciting? And I think that's probably where Tumble fell down, to excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> is Excused. <laughs> it didn't necessarily feel like a turn of the wheel. It didn't really feel like something that was different enough. And I think the audiences want new stuff. I mean, look at how people are coming to Gogglebox. They want something that's fresh.
0: A bit fresh. And, and what do you make of... Uh, commissioning briefs i'm sure everyone is very different but are they useful as a production company
2: the more specific they are the more helpful they are i think creatives do best when given constraints and that sounds like a really weird thing but i think if you're given limits you bounce against them and it forces you to think differently if you're just simply told very broadly we'd like to take a risk or i don't know surprise us it, it, it's not really enough. So the tie, for me, the tighter the brief, the more specific, the time frame, the slot, the information, anything that gives you something to kind of rub up against is incredibly helpful as a brief.
0: I do love some of the language in that BBC One brief. You know, more, more Wembley Stadium than Wembley Arena. It's sort of a bit airy-fairy, nebulous yes. commissioning language, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think Laura's point is an excellent one. And I think that, Look, it's, it's easy to be critical, isn't it? Because um, <laughs> y- y- if, if if it was too prescriptive, we'd be sat here saying, well, how, how can the indie sector possibly um, uh, come up with something new and innovative when the constraints, when the criteria that the BBC has set are so tight? So you have to... Given their due, but please, if the net if, if what gets commissioned or piloted from this is um, a celebrity elimination format in which a group of celebrities learn a skill they didn't previously had and go on an emotional journey during the process, please let's just uh, avoid that <laughs> from the outset.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that message will move on. Uh, next up, a big boost for the makers of live action children's TV programming. Uh, Chancellor George Osmond told a creative industries event this. Week that he is looking very seriously at extending the successful high end television tax relief scheme. Uh, Sources have previously told broadcasts that the tax breaks could be included in Osborne's autumn statement next month, uh, meaning shows like Mr Maker could be filmed in the UK for less money. Uh, Laura, this can only be good news, can't
2: it? This is only good news. I mean, PACT has been campaigning for this for three years at least. Um, This is exactly the perfect example of where governments should intervene into the market. You know, unfortunately, the global market for children's television is all about sort of bland advertising, animation. And what we want in this country is a healthy surviving sector Um, with original content being produced here. It's really, really tough for children's producers to make ends meet and to put together the packages. So this can only be welcome and only be a really brilliant shot in the arm. It's
0: still a bit early, isn't it, to assess the success of the uh, initial high-end tax break scheme. But it feels like there is more and more take up, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I think certainly, I think it's been, you know, generally deemed to be a real success in that it stimulated production in all kinds of areas of the UK and Ireland, Um, it's really, really helped. And I think we're only sort of starting to see things coming down the track now. I think there's a real boost to training as well and to a recognition of building up the skill set in the industry. It's presented some challenges as well in that in certain sectors, um, rates are going up because there are so many sort of American companies coming in and doing their productions here. So it is presenting challenges, but I think they're challenges that can be overcome and with training um, they will be overcome.
0: Chris is quite timely given it was the kids BAFTAs this uh, this weekend. Yeah. Almost like it was by design.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well um, there was a conspiracy theory wasn't there that when um, Osborne announced the um, high-end tax and the animation tax break, that he done so purely so he could make a Wallace and Gromit uh, gag at the dispatch box, but um, at the expense of Ed Miliband, of Ed Miliband but... indeed. Um, I think that what would be really interesting is uh, what you would hope is that if this tax credit comes through, and we think it will, that it would kickstart production in live action children's, because it wasn't that long ago that, for example, CITV was commissioning things like My Parents Aliens and My Life As A Pop Act, which were, you know, really high quality live action um, comedy, comedy dramas for for kids. Um, And it really feels as though outside the BBC, the commercial sector really isn't in a position at the moment to do that. And you wonder, is this going to be the measure which perhaps Ticks them over so that they can, whether it's ITV, whether it's Nickelodeon, whether it's Disney, get back, you know, get into live action, British made drama, comedy, whatever it might be, scripted content for the uh, kids sector.
0: Oh, I mean, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Because whenever Angela Jane talks about CITV on a public platform. She's always really open about the fact that CITV has no money, effectively, and you've got to come to the table with a project which is well-financed and probably co-produced
1: mm. by I think, several you know, people. It's not, I don't think a tax break is suddenly going to mean that CITV is awash with cash. But And, and, and it, this isn't a point necessarily about ITV. I think it's about outside of the BBC... Will um, some of the commercial sector look at it and think, you know what, there's value to be gained. We can The, the sums now add up for us to make some live action content. Okay.
0: Uh, finally in the news, a commissioner of the fortnight. Uh, it's ITV confirming the order of new Saturday tea time drama Jacqueline Hyde from ITV Studios, uh, created by Charlie Higson, The ten part series is inspired by Robert Louis Stevenson's iconic novel and is crafted very much with the international market in mind. Uh, Chris, this is ITV Studios' sort of global strategy in action, isn't it? This is it. Yep. Yeah. This is
1: the this is the plan, and it's it's ITV Studios and ITV Network as well. The whole, I mean, the corporate, the PLC strategy in place really, which is get high-quality talent to create IP that, that, that ITV owns as a as a company, get that on air. They'll be hoping it's a big hit, um, does well for them um, uh, in the UK. And then MIPCOM and, 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 and MIP, they'll be pushing it hard, trying to uh, generate some international revenues.
2: The the combination of a perennial story with Charlie Hickson, with ITV, I mean, it like you say it's got hit written all over it um but ultimately nobody ever knows anything and you know you you think that something's a hit and you never really know until it hits the air and see what see what the viewers surely say surely
0: commissioners would argue differently
2: <laughs> I don't think they would I think you know if commissioners could guarantee that every single thing they commissioned would be a hit um we would never have any failures on air and I think everybody would line things up to try and get hits but you can never guarantee anything but this does sound brilliant
0: and well it feels like itv's overdue a sort of drama in this space given that primeval has been off air for quite a while
1: yeah absolutely so i mean the the b the bbc and particularly bbc one's always had a bit more um going on in this sort of sector i mean atlantis at the moment atlantis at the moment they obviously um uh, doctor who's obviously the big thing that they play that they they Played it later this year, but they generally play it um, sort of around that two-time um, slot. Um, what have they done? They've done Robin Hood in the past. They did the Musketeers, didn't they? So there's a bit more um, history, track record for the Beeb to do it. And ITV is probably looking at that and thinking that there's. So I mean, this is a pre-war, you know, pre-war high-end, expensive pre-watershed um, drama. And, and let's see how it goes. And they're eyeing Beowulf. That I'm Be- oh, Yeah, Beryl's not such an obvious um, property to go for in that it's a sort of epic old English poem um, that probably doesn't have quite the same resonance with lots of people as um, Jekyll and Hyde. But yeah, you know, it shows a bit of um, ambition on their part.
0: For now, that's your news for this week. Uh, my thanks to Chris and Laura.